Talk Money is a production of Lola Media. Say hi, Lola. <coughs> For updates, further breakdowns, and past episodes of this podcast, sign up at thetalkmoney.com. If you enjoy our podcast, help us get the word out. Write a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to help us reach more ears. And now you can sign up for our newsletter, where we curate the best money topics of the week from across the internet. It's quick, informative, and most importantly, fun. Sign up at thetalkmoney.com slash newsletter. Hey everyone, Mesh here. Welcome back to the Talk Money Weekly, where we talk about current business events paired with our newsletter. Today's episode, Global Supply Chain Woes. And in this episode, we talked to my good friend who's an investor, a super smart guy, can't reveal his identity. He works for a well-known fund. But in this case, we're going to go under an alias. We're going to call him the weatherman, and he's going to be a recurring guest on the episodes moving forward. And so why do we call him the weatherman? Well, the weatherman likes to follow climate trends to make investment bets based on that. And in this case, we decided to talk about the supply chain issues that are happening around the world. Given that the holidays are coming up and we want to be shopping for that, what should we be expecting? How this supply chain thing has been going on at least for the last year and a half? And when can we expect things to go back to normal? And what potential industries this has affected long term? Let's get started. So, Mr. Weatherman. Start us off. What exactly, give us a high-level description of what's going on. We keep seeing the supply chain headlines all over the news. Other podcasts are covering it. What's the high-level description? Well, I think the high-level description is that everyone is waiting a lot longer for all of their stuff than they had to pre-COVID. And the thing that actually brought it home for a lot of people this year particularly is that Amazon has started asking its customers to buy or order things in October if they want to make sure they get it before Christmas. Now, Christmas, as we all know, is a big time when things are, you know, bought, but that is actually going to be the crux of this year's problem with the supply chain. Now, the reason why we're talking about this has a lot to do with a variety of different things going wrong. But one of the main reasons for, you know, most things in the last year and a half is that we had COVID and that pandemic has actually caused some issues that were sort of under the rug for the last few years in the supply chain to come up in a very big way. And now we're dealing with the repercussions of that uh, this year. And this goes all over the place, right? Because earlier uh, in the season, we covered the global car shortage, which had to do with chips and the supply chain around the disruption around these chips being able to be manufactured properly and sent to the right places. It's the same thing that's happening with furniture. It's the same thing with happening with refrigerators and dishwashers. How do we get back to a normal cycle here? Is it one thing that we'll, we'll never see happen to go back to normal or is it going to take years? Like, How does one even think about this as an issue? So I think the way that you have to actually think about solving the issue is you have to think about what caused it in the first place. So one of the things that I just mentioned previously was it was COVID, right? Now, what happened, if you want to take a very big or sort of, you know, top level picture of this whole issue is that COVID happened, right? A lot of labor issues started happening with people didn't want to work in places or they got shut down because of COVID scares or COVID cases, while at the same time, a lot of governments around the world 
were in the process of handing over cash as a way to make people whole in this time of COVID. So what intentionally happened was people had a lot of cash in their pockets. They wanted to buy things with that cash. At the same time, on the supply side of that equation, a lot of people were sick. They were not coming to work. They were basically having issues getting people to come in. And this you know, affected trucking. It affected shipping. It affected ports. It affected factories. It affected manufacturing capabilities. And so everything sort of broke down because this larger picture issue emerged because there was a lot more demand at the same time supply basically got very backed up and we're still dealing with those repercussions and we are not yet out of the woods how does this affect big companies like an amazon or an apple or you know a toyota honda when it comes to the actual quarterly earnings of these companies now granted one can say well demand is really high everybody wants stuff that's a good thing but they're not even able to meet that demand has that affect revenue has it affect profits are they losing money now what could be said about these companies from an economic standpoint I think the companies are actually doing pretty well. And I think one of the reasons why is one of the ways it has shown up in our daily lives, in addition to not getting our stuff on time, is that there's inflation. So what happens is maybe the top line revenue for one of these companies is actually lower than what it would have been pre-COVID. But because they've been able to inflate their way on their costs, their margins actually have remained pretty high and continue to remain pretty high until these problems exist because ostensibly they're just passing on the cost of these higher prices or disruptions or whatever else to their consumers. And consumers, like we said, who got handed a lot of cash by governments are till now pretty happy to pay the extra costs. And when it comes to, you know, you mentioned the ports, Uh, we've been hearing things about big companies are taking over cargo ships and like overpaying where smaller companies can't afford to do that. Uh, The Amazons of the world, the Procter and Gamble's of the world. Can you kind of give us high level of what's happening when it comes to the shipping component of this, the cargo ships, the ports, et cetera, because it seems to all be backed up, but there's another game that's being played amongst them. Yeah. So I think I mean, game might not be the right word, but basically what's happening is the the companies that are better financed, and these are the bigger companies that you're talking about, are happy to be or willing to pay a much higher price because they want to be the last and dependable source of stuff for their consumers, right? And they have the balance sheet and the money at hand to actually pay for it. Now, I'll give you a little bit of an anecdote of what's going on, but For example, one of the biggest ports in China has been closed in the last three months for a few weeks every time because of a COVID case or two. And that has basically led to huge numbers of ships being backed up there, right? Now, what happens with that is that the containers themselves, there are these very specific containers, the containers themselves actually get backed up in China And there's no containers in certain ways or parts of the world that actually can get all your stuff from place A to place B, even if you have the ship, because the actual individual containers are not available. So a lot of different moving parts, a lot of different reasons why this is happening, but it's basically because people want a lot of stuff. And coming back to this, there's a lot of disruptions on the labor side of the supply chain because of COVID that's still actually going through the factories, going through the ports, going through the shipping crews, et cetera. 
we think about companies like Apple released a new phone, and it seems like they've been able, for the most part, to handle demand. I mean, I just ordered a new iPhone. I won't get it till November. I'm assuming that has to do with they're still waiting on some phones, but they've been able to, I think, manage this process pretty well. Is that simply because, you know, Apple has been able to plan ahead and they have the money to be able to overpay or outbid when it comes to shipping and whatnot? How come it seems like Apple's not having that big of an issue with their phones? I think it's an all of the above. So obviously they are willing to pay a higher price for the various components that they need to get on their phone. But think about it this way. If you are a supplier to someone like Apple, they are almost certainly going to be, if not the, one of the biggest consumers that you have. And so your livelihood, when and if the situation gets done in the next, let's say, 12 to 18 months, is dependent on Apple still being a large consumer of yours. So you will go out of your way to send all of those components to Apple before you ever actually get online to do it for a much smaller you know, consumer of yours. So Apple and Amazon in that way, because they are the top consumers for a lot of these smaller suppliers, will always be, even if they don't pay higher amounts of money for these products, will almost always certainly be the first ones to get their solutions in this delayed process. And now looking at a situation COVID-related, I think in general, as COVID started, we started seeing a lot of industries or a lot of areas that grew exponentially. We saw, you know, remote work. So things like Zoom and all apps online, Amazon, everything blew up to the upside. When we now look at like supply chain issues and we talk about labor shortages, et cetera, what might be areas that might be accelerated because of this or more investment into them. You know, in this case, a lot of the issues are coming from we have a labor shortage. We don't have truck drivers. Are there areas or industries that will have a significant amount of investment coming in to potentially keep these problems from happening again in the future? I think that's generally going to be the case. I think a lot of companies are still struggling or questioning whether this is a temporary or a longer term issue. So their capital spend is going to be purely dependent on where they come out with their own internal analysis on that. But we can already see that there is a large amount of capital being spent in things like semiconductors, for example, or there is a large amount of capital being spent in things like autonomous vehicles for trucking. Uh, The last thing that I will say, which is more of a capital issue, but it's also a political and and policy issue is there's actually been a lot bigger push for things like near sourcing this means that you're basically bringing back factories and supply chains that were all over the place like for example in china or southeast asia and you're trying to get them closer to home geographically because that means that you have to deal with lesser transportation issues because of this crisis And a lot of people are reconsidering where they open and where they actually contract with suppliers dependent on their geographic location. What are examples of some of those geographic locations besides China? So a lot of manufacturing is trying to be moved back, for example, to Eastern Europe 
or to South America or to Mexico and other parts of Central America. And I think they will be advantaged in some ways to bring back some of the the supply chain to solve for the major demand areas like North America, like Western Europe, so that they can actually be supplied on time and ostensibly within budget. So you mentioned the beginning, we talked about preparing for Christmas this year and buying holiday gifts and planning in advance, but what post-Christmas. How does one prepare for that? Are there certain items that, you know, obviously we know that furniture now is just, it's a shit show. It takes months to get furniture. Are there certain items that are going to be more delayed than others? Besides just holiday gifts, what do people have to potentially plan for? So I think people should plan for a lot of different things. Uh, One of the reasons why I brought up Christmas in the first place was because In general, even pre-COVID, supply chains are always stretched during Christmas time because people just buy a lot more things around that time, not only gifts. And so post-Christmas, theoretically, we should get a breather when the supply chains are not as stretched generally, which gives companies time to actually figure out their stuff when they're not operating at 100% capacity at every node. But what I would say is for Christmas and for beyond that, anything that has electronics in it, whether it's a small toy to a video game to a appliance to a car, is probably going to have issues because that particular sector is actually affected by things that are not just to do with COVID, but structural issues like you have talked about in your previous podcast to do with things like chip and electronic shortages, which are just something that structurally needs to get solved and will likely take longer periods of time. Is furniture just one of those things that furniture already took a long time to get? It used to take like six to eight weeks to receive furniture. Now it's like six to eight months. Are they just pretty fucked for a long time here? Well, I mean, that's, a I, I would th- say, a completely separate conversation. The supply and demand side of furniture has always, like you said, been one of those things that has taken a while. But one of the things that has affected the furniture buying recently is also what you're doing with house buying. So house buying has been on a tear, which basically means that furniture buying has been on a tear. So till we see the housing market calm down a little bit or new transactions at least go down a certain amount and calm down, I'm not sure what actually gets us to solve the furniture issue. It's not necessarily just a supply chain issue. It's also that demand has been a lot higher recently because of home buying. And to sum it up, when are we going to be out of this COVID mess when it comes to supply chain? Or is it just one of those things where we're just going to be monitoring this for the next 12 months and it might continue for the next several years? I'm not sure that it will continue for the next several years. But mathematically, the way that you think about it is that if you are operating at a hundred percent, you know, utilization of the supply chain, that is about as high as you can get. So if you're constantly operating at a hundred percent utilization, it is going to be very hard for you to quote unquote, make up for prior delays But if you get a breather where at a time where you might only be operating at a 60% utilization rate, 
you actually have the ability to then go 100% to make up for some of this backlog, that might solve the problem quicker. So I think if demand actually decreases for a period of time where you don't necessarily have the same pressures, you actually give the system enough time to solve the problem for itself. If the demand is still hot, then it just takes longer. And uh, weatherman, have you bought your Christmas presents yet? Uh, I have not, but that's going to be interesting. Maybe everyone gets a gift card this year. I think that's a smart move. Thank you, weatherman. I really appreciate it. Of course. Happy to be here. All right. That's it for this week. I hope you guys make sure that you plan your gift buying ahead of time and maybe take some advice. Take some advice from the weatherman. Buy some gift cards. That might be the easiest thing you can do this year. And then make sure you plan again for next year. Make sure you're subscribed to the Talk Money newsletter, thetalkmoney.com slash newsletter. Until next time.